Hi, I'm Abby, a functional dietitian and gut health expert. Hi, I'm Jillian, a functional dietitian that specializes in women's health and hormones. And this is Your Body Has Your Back podcast. Together, we have over 20 years of experience supporting clients in healing their gut and hormone symptoms and guiding them from overwhelm to ease in their body. We help clients reconnect with their body and transform their lives using targeted nutrition, lifestyle, and supplement therapies. Finding optimal health in our modern chaotic world is more challenging than ever. And now it's our mission to provide you with the tools you need to strengthen your relationship with your body, to resolve your gut and hormone symptoms, and become your greatest health advocate. Join us for honest, inspiring, Inspiring and offbeat conversations on health that will leave you feeling empowered to take action so that you can trust your body has your back. Hi, everyone. Today we have a very special guest, our dear friend and colleague, Meg Gerber. Meg is a functional medicine dietitian, a breathwork teacher, a best-selling author, and the founder of Grounded Nourishment. Meg specializes in working with women who struggle with chronic digestive issues. Through her own journey of digestive health struggles and autoimmunity, Meg has learned the power of being in your body and listening to its needs. Meg's functional medicine practice includes an approach to nourishment and healing that combines individualization and root cause analysis. Moving beyond diets, functional testing, and supplements, Meg empowers her clients with ongoing nervous system tools for stress management as an integral pillar of sustainable gut health and longevity. The most perfect topic to dive into for the really the entire premise of this podcast and for kind of this nervous system kind of series that we're, we're doing in terms of, you know, talking about the nervous system, the gut health, and hormones. Hey, Jillian here. I just wanted to pop in to remind you to check out my self-paced nutrition course, Eat to Heal Your PCOS. If you're a woman struggling with PCOS and you're dealing with all the unpleasant hormone symptoms like acne, irregular cycles, head hair loss, weight gain, and more, this course is for you. Eat to Heal Your PCOS was designed to help you discover simple and effective nutrition strategies to balance your hormones and to start resolving your PCOS symptoms naturally without unnecessary restriction or cutting out foods that you enjoy. Building a supportive foundation with your nutrition and knowing how to confidently fuel your body for balanced hormones is the number one place to start for healing your PCOS. So if you haven't checked out the Eat to Heal Your PCOS course, you can find it in our show notes or you can go to jillianbreeds.com to check it out. You can also take our free PCOS blood sugar imbalance quiz, which will help you to determine if this is the right course for you. Thanks ladies, so grateful to be here. So my personal journey really started mostly in college with my diagnosis of celiac. So I think you guys are very familiar with the conventional route of approaching and treating celiac is like, go gluten-free and you're just going to get better and like wash your hands and go on with life. And that just was not the case for me. Um, I was a constipated kid growing up. Like I dealt with that through most of childhood into adolescence into college. So kind of just felt like my norm. For me, the headspace that I went into following the diagnosis actually spiraled me into worse symptoms. And I'm sure many people can relate to that. It's like 
the story that I started to create around the diagnosis and what going gluten-free meant and uh, the isolation that came with that or really the story of isolation um, and the story of ultimately like unworthiness within the, the world around me really, really gained a lot of traction. And that then manifested in worsening physical symptoms. And so the way that I can explain that in a way that doesn't feel so esoteric is really just the deep impact of stress on my nervous system of the what's wrong with me fear mode over time just kind of kept spiraling. And so this is really fast forwarding my journey a lot. But um, a couple of years into the journey, I did start to work with things like acupuncturists, functional medicine doctors, people who looked for more of a holistic perspective. And I had some of that interest myself, but I definitely compared to where I am now, felt like, oh, that stuff is like a little woo-woo and is that really real? Because my background was so clinical nutrition, like hospital. There was a doctor at the time who basically like was a body worker and had touched different parts of my body and was like, oh my God, your low belly is just like completely stagnant. I mean, you're not breathing properly at all. And I was like, what do you mean not breathing? Like I'm breathing. Okay. I know how to breathe in and out through my nose or through my mouth. And he was like, no, you have opportunity to like really breathe into the diaphragm, the low belly and like recalibrate and relearn that system. And so that was just really interesting for me and and kind of a different approach because, you know, I think what can be the detriment sometimes of functional medicine is instead of, um, you know, going down that road initially, there was some of the doctors in the past that were more, uh, take all of these supplements, it's candida overgrowth, it's this, it's that. And that actually added more of that jacking up to my nervous system of like more sympathetic mode, more fear of the world around me and what's wrong with my body. Basically just always looking at my symptoms as like, okay, what else is wrong with you? And really fighting them. And I think of myself like living in Boston in my early to mid twenties, like really with that fight energy, like in a Barry's boot camp class, like just like railing through, pushing my body, even though I had like diarrhea that morning, just almost fighting and being like, nope, you can keep up with the Joneses. You can do this exercise. You can drink with all of these other friends of yours. And it was like my way of like uh, compensating, but almost like numbing to just the, what I know now should have been like an honoring and a listening and an asking like, what else do you need body rather than like, okay, body, I'm not going to listen. I don't like that you are this way. Let's just fight it. So things kind of started there. And then like, you know, I started to really feel rather than think my way and meaning make my way through everything. As so many of us with clinical backgrounds do, I was like, wow, even though my textbook says this, I am noticing a huge difference with like focusing on low belly breathing or breathing at my mealtimes or when I have like slow, steady breathing during acupuncture. So it led me down the path of like yoga being really medicinal for me and finding that like a yoga class, I would almost always come out feeling better than where I started getting my yoga teacher certification, um, and then going even deeper within some pelvic floor work too, which is also was a big component of my constipation and learning a lot of breathwork styles through that. So just ended up that now in practice, almost three years into private practice, specializing in gut health, I just refuse to not talk about nervous system as I'm sure you guys relate, because that was the thing that opened my body up to the herbs, the supplements, 
the dietary changes. It wasn't like the continuous restrictions and shoveling herbal antimicrobials at myself. My body was like closed. It was in, you know, freeze sympathetic mode. And once I started to really like open and acknowledge these other components of almost like mini traumas influencing my healing, um, that's when the changes started to happen. That's a really long answer. That was a great answer. And I feel like as you were talking, I'm like thinking so much about that, like almost like when we think of diagnoses, it's like that idea of like, am this versus like, I mm. might have this, this might be a part yeah. of me, but like, and I, I hearing you speak at an event a couple months ago, um, when we were all down in Texas, I feel like that like came through with like your, you know, your cookbook that you brought out and like this idea of like you transforming mm. from like, I am this, you know, celiac diagnosis, this autoimmune person, this like fear-based person to like, these are part of my story. Yes. And I have to live, you know, in alignment with the realities of some of them, but like, yeah, but I am so much more than that. And I feel like you, your story just spoke so profoundly to that. Mm, that's so, I love that. Thank you so much for reflecting that. And I think it speaks a lot to how we deal with and can process emotion as like, okay, I'm not an angry person. I'm not a depressed person. Like it's a part of me. It's something that like can come up and it's, it's about kind of curiosity and compassion with those parts of ourselves. Rather but it, than, like, I think it's, it's so relatable celiac. with celiac, with other medical conditions, with a variety of symptoms that women struggle with gut health, hormones in that, you know, sometimes these things are, you know, our identity really does get wrapped up, you know, in these symptoms, in these conditions. And it's hard to take a step back. And I also loved what you mentioned about the nervous system work kind of like opening you up and, you know, your body then responding even better to, uh, you know, other modalities that you were bringing in. And I think that's such a powerful statement that I want to drive home because I think the nervous system piece of things is so overlooked and it can really um, create a lot of barriers or people will hit ceilings in their journey. And it's like, all right, got more supplements, more this, more that. And I just thought that was a really kind of powerful thing that you said um, on, you know, in your experience on your own journey. Yeah. Thank you. I think too, like, I'm sure you've explained this to your guys audience, but I always like to share with people like my definition of nervous system. Cause I feel like it's like a fun, like it's a, it's something that people are talking about a lot right now, but I got a lot of clients who are like, well, what is that? Um, it's really like your surveillance system. So it's, it's gathering information from your environment, sensory information. And it's saying like, am I safe or am I unsafe? Am I in danger or am I safe? And so what can happen in, especially a lot of people that I work with, and this is what happened in my body is you get stuck in that like dorsal recognition of the vagus nerve, that kind of direct gut brain connection where we're just like constantly in danger recognition of like, I'm unsafe. What's wrong with my body? What's this food going to do to me? What's this situation going to do? I can't go eat out with people. What's going to happen? And so the body gets just like really used to getting triggered into that State. And so the purpose of nervous system practices, especially calming nervous system practices. So I kind of want to be clear that like the breath work I teach is very broad spectrum. It's very accessible because it's calming. So it's not all, it's not like the Wim Hof breath, which I'm not against that, but this is just like a beautiful starting ground for everyone because it's reteaching and practicing safety in the body. 
So it's similar to, and I mentioned this to you guys, like if you go to a physical therapist and they give you exercises to practice, to reteach a muscle and create this muscle memory, that's what we're doing with this breath work. We're recognizing in the body like, okay, this deep breath in that I'm taking and this stillness practice is safe for me. It's allowed. I can do this. This feels okay. And it's like reteaching that muscle to recognize when I slow down, it means I'm safe. And then it doesn't mean you can't ever be in danger mode like that. We can still love on our nervous system on all facets. Like we need that. There's times where like you're unsafe and you got to run down a mountain for some reason. So uh, it's important to just understand that like we can also like love the whole system. I'm definitely not like anti-acute stress. But we've got abundance of that these days. You know, it's like we don't need yeah. to like, see, I mean, we can exactly. be adrenaline seekers, certainly. But it's kind of like if we're going to lean to an invitation of anything in, like most of us need some calming in totally. kind of our, yeah, go, go, go active like world. And I, I think mm. what would be so helpful of, I mean, so much in your practice, like you combine the tools of like nervous system support with like healing digestion and kind of gut health, like how would someone, I guess, can you speak a little bit more to like the role of the nervous system and specifically maybe like gut health or overall health? Like how would someone maybe identify like physical symptoms or experiences where like their nervous system is involved in, I mean, is it ever not, but you know, like really like, like palpable for someone's experience? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think like, especially since I'm honing in on the impact on digestion, there's really scientific impacts that we can talk about. So um, when you're in that acute sympathetic fight or flight running from a tiger state, we really shut down and halt a lot of the digestive system. So we see decreased saliva output, which like the importance of that is like, I'm sure you guys have talked about this. Like we start digestion in the mouth. Really, we start it in the brain. Like I like to say like, we're starting the pregame of your meal when we're engaging in the cephalic phase of eating, your brain phase of eating, of like smelling the food, maybe kind of like starting to taste it. Um, But when we're in that sympathetic mode, so simply like you're eating during a work call and you're really stressed, you're going to have decreased saliva output, which really impacts from like an antimicrobial standpoint, from breaking down simple sugars in the mouth. We know that there's increased cortisol, obviously, so that's going to have an impact on blood sugar and just being able to like utilize that food that you're eating properly and store it properly for fuel or having it kind of remain with high blood sugar. Reduced stomach acid is a big one. So especially in people who are just like chronically in that high stress state, and I'm sure you guys can agree, like just uh, impacts on digestion, especially from a protein digestion standpoint. Um, but also stomach acid and so many of these digestive juices are so helpful from an antimicrobial standpoint. So like helping to prevent bacterial overgrowth and helping to prevent like undigested food from sitting too long in the digestive tract. So it's kind of like the trash that hasn't been taken out for days. And so important that like all of those, that beautiful symphony is flowing. Um, so pancreatic enzyme release can be suppressed. So even things like insulin can be suppressed. It also, you know, this is different in everyone, but it can either really slow down or fully pause the migrating motor complex. I know that Abby and I like talk about this often, but just um, that system that really is your cleansing wave that moves things along really beautifully to support healthy regularity and daily bowel movements. Interestingly enough, studies support more so that like someone who's chronically stressed more so lengthens the time of food in the stomach, whereas like the acute stressed 
state shortens stomach emptying. So generally the chronically stressed person, this would be like more just textbook, like research supports that they're more constipated. Obviously that's not the case always across the board, but it does allude to the fact that like, I find a lot of my clients when they're like really nervous about something short term, a lot of times they have diarrhea. And so that's just like interesting to note that like kind of uh, shortened uh, stomach emptying time. It also can relax the lower esophageal sphincter, um, meaning that just like chronic states of stress can make it so like acid reflux can be more likely, food can kind of be leaching back up into the esophageal region. And just over time, being in that fight or flight, high cortisol state, we see more often like cases of suppressed immune function. So like on a GI map, for example, secretory IgA being low is something that I definitely see pretty commonly. And I'm sure you guys agree too. So I think of it as like high stress often is ultimately slowing down and stagnating that beautiful symphony-like system that we want to be robustly functioning and including, which I didn't mention, bile flow, which I know we all are like jazzed about how important the gallbladder is. And it's just so greatly reduced. And I'm kind of left thinking since I deal with women so much that like, obviously many women have been on birth control or have hormonal influence on the gallbladder, but also so many women have just dealt with so much stress. So it's like always this question for me where I'm like, okay, what exactly is the reason that so many women really do have gallbladder stagnancy? I do. I completely agree. And I feel like it's, there's never one thing, you know, one factor for anything, but I completely agree with you in terms of female hormones and, and those pieces being a factor, but I think stress being, huge, um, you know, for women dealing with those issues. And you really kind of explained beautifully, which is something um, Abby and I try to drive home a lot, the importance of digestion for optimal gut health and, you know, how it actually impacts the gut microbiota. And um, I just love that you highlighted that point because I think um, a lot of times, you know, people feel like, okay, the health of my gut, probiotics, uh, you know, what supplement, um, you know, my glutamine or my greens powder we were talking about is all trendy in the uh, TikTok gut health world, apparently. But the actual digestion piece and then the nervous system piece that's, you know, kind of really driving that is so huge for being able to have a healthy gut. So could you tell us a little bit more about... Breathwork specifically for for anyone that is new here, and or just new to breathwork rather in terms of like what is breath you know breathwork why why is this so important and you know how how can it be an actual tool for the nervous system? Yeah, so as I mentioned, because I definitely don't want people to be intimidated by it, I think. Breathwork is super hot right now, especially in Austin where I live. There's a lot of like shamanic breathwork, which I don't mean to sound sarcastic about it. It's really powerful and healing work. But I actually think that it's really important to start with simpler, more gentle, broad spectrum practices, really like anything. It's like, you know, talking, we talk the foundations of blood sugar support. It's also like foundations for supporting your nervous system is like calming breath work. And so it can, it's really any level of inhale and exhale manipulation. Ideally, when we're working on calming the nervous system, we want to think about nasal breathing does tend to stimulate more of that parasympathetic rest and digest mode. In addition, longer exhales than inhales. 
And then diaphragmatic or low belly. Okay. So we're going to do a style today that incorporates actually like all three components of that. But I have many different styles that I teach and kind of weave into my work with clients. And some are a little bit more articulated towards what the client's dealing with. So for example, I dealt with a lot of constipation. I got a lot of constipated clients. I love to wake up my digestive system with a style of breath work, which a lot of my breath work has pranayama or yogic influence or, or like Buddhist influence, um, a style called Kalabhati breath. That's basically um, a little bit more of an invigorating breathwork that you may have done in a yoga class, but it's a shorter practice where I have people do three rounds and then a hold in the middle to practice what's called in yoga, kumbhaka or breath retention, which is just allowing the, the body to feel safe in a breath retention, just cultivating safety in that mode that like, again, a lot of people kind of feel unsafe holding the breath. And it's a really calming, safe way to just practice like in this stillness, I am safe. And I'm going to honor my body when I need to take that next step, deep breath in. Um, so that, for example, is a really nice way of like invigorating the digestive tract in the morning, especially while like you're fresh out of bed, maybe stomach empty. Whereas someone who's dealing with more anxiety, I may recommend a style called Nadi Shodhana, which is like left nostril breathing, really slowing things down and paying attention to the inhale, the exhale. And then in addition, I guess my kind of signature is I like to layer in a little bit of healing mantra into the practices, just so that we're really um, doing some neural recircuiting within the brain of recognizing like, where are we going? What is the abundance here? What's the possibility? Because we are hardwired to focus on the negative. Like, I think it's something like 80 to 90% of our thoughts are just like spent on negativity throughout the day. And so I really like to, in those practices of cultivating safety, remind yourself of like, what is true in that present moment. And for anyone who feels like, oh my God, I can't sit still. That is something that I felt early in my journey. And that's why like, you know, meditation is a big part of my practice now, but I did not start with meditation. I actually really liked breath work because it was something to, to take my super monkey mind and focus it on and spend time there rather than just being like, Okay, my brain is doing cartwheels. And, yeah. How is this going? It's not going well. I, I love that. Kind of it's thing. like, and I very much relate to <laughs> yeah. that as well. Yeah. It's like, you know, the gateway into being able to explore other modalities potentially. And, um, you know, I like the, the active component of it. And it was really cool to kind of hear you describe how you bring all of your different training and these different like styles of breath work into your practice for clients, like based off what they're experiencing, which is so cool that there can be that customization. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And um, for me, that level of healing work has been really powerful because it reminds people of their individual ability to alchemize and to change their state. And if we think about like the life cycle the one constant that's always with you that is a tool is your breath. You get married, you, you deal with a death in the family, you're dealing with a chronic illness, you get in a car accident, your breath is always there with you. And it gives me goosebumps when I talk about that because it's so powerful. It's like, how lucky are we that we have that? And I think that we miss out when we're not sure how to use it. So I just like feel like I have this, dharma in me to like remind people how to use it 
because it makes such a difference and it doesn't mean you have to sit for like 30 minutes a day and just breathe. You can absolutely integrate this as a realistic part of your lifestyle coming from someone who is like incredibly social, has a vibrant life, has a busy practice. Like I can't always sit and do this for 30 minutes. And I think too, like those pieces of our, like when I just think about like how amazing the human body is and that like we have this Mm. tool of breath and like for, I mean, myself included, but so many people, like we don't think twice about it. Where like, again, kind of your response at the end, you're like, I'm breathing. Like, hey, I I wouldn't be alive if I wasn't breathing. Like, but it's like (laughs) such an underutilized tool and has such profound impacts from certainly, you know, the nervous system, even just like oxygen, which is the very like driver of energy um, and, you know, production in the body and and so many things. And I'd be curious um, to share, like, what's the impact, like when you work with clients, like incorporating breath work, like what do you see kind of, I mean, I know there's so many modalities of like breath work and other protocols and things, but like, how does that kind of transform some of your clients in ways that like you've been able to watch these like beautiful transformations? It's my favorite part of the work because people get emotional because they're reminded of the healer they I have know, within. I'm like, oh. It's so, so special. I just it's got like, <laughs> it, it does bring me to tears. Yeah. It's really special because um, ultimately like no one is broken and your body is not broken. Your body's been giving you signals that like w- there's certain seasons of your life where you may have to kind of take a step back and be like, I need to honor this and I need to listen to you. And what do you need body? And it's, such a it's such a beautiful way to like give the gift back of being like body I'm here with you and I'm ready to listen and I'm ready to kind of shut out some of this other noise and just sit in stillness and connect with you and what is more beautiful than that I mean for me like I look at my journey and I'm so thankful it happened for me because it led me here back to myself to then like share the importance of that with others of like what does it actually feel feel like to deeply connect. So special and something that I think because of the world that we live in, we are more disconnected than ever. Um, I think women in particular are more disconnected than ever from their own bodies and Mm. really, really lack that trust you know, which is speaks to the entire premise of, of this podcast in terms of your body, your body has your back and your body's not out to get you. Um, but that reconnection that you're describing and just, you know, how powerful and empowering it is, it really did give me goosebumps. So. Yeah. And I think to your point, I love that you said that because I just want to remind like women and men, like no one is alone here. This takes Time. Like I didn't jump into this and think, oh my God, I'm so connected to you. Thank you, body. Like it took years to get to this place. And so I think honoring that too, and being gentle with yourself and saying like, I'm just going to try this on for size and experiment with some of like my guided breath work to just see how it feels for you. If you haven't gone down this road before, it's like, it's an opportunity. It's an invitation. It doesn't have to be so serious. I think, I think there's just Many people who have been used to ignoring hunger cues, ignoring when their body's not feeling well, like pushing it through exercise when you're really not uh, truly feeling well, or you don't really know how to listen to the feelings anymore. So this is a vehicle, a gentle vehicle back into the feeling sense of the body, really the innate wisdom that our body gives us, but we have societally really learned to shut down and think like, I'm not tired. I'm going to drink caffeine. Like, I don't need to listen. So uh, I love, yeah, the way you said that was really great. Yeah, it really brings up that idea of like that like inner wisdom and outer wisdom, which we've we've talked about before of like, 
there are times that we can look to outer wisdom to, you know, give us some shaping to, you know, how we can better support ourselves. But so much of like, and I think the roadmap of like when someone's like, okay, like I'm, you know, I know that I'm disconnected from my body or I don't feel good in my body. So therefore, I mean, that was my story. of like, I was like, I don't want to connect with this body. Like I'm constipated yeah. and I'm tired. Like I just want to like yeah. drink more caffeine and like muscle through because I have grad school or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the responsibilities were. And also like, I didn't know how. And it was just like, it was huge that I was like, all right, like if I start to connect, like what the heck do I do to like get myself back into that like inner wisdom? And I feel like so much of, you know, what I've noticed from like the work that I do and even in conversations and I mean, you do so much breath work, Jilly does so much breath work. And I feel like more and more of like our, you know, colleagues in the world that we live in, there's so much talk too and even research about like creativity that skyrockets Mm. when we, and you know, part of it is maybe like the oxygenation of our cells and we can think more clearly, but it's also like truly that inner wisdom that it's like Mm -hmm. the solutions are inside of us and like really tapping in. And I think that's just like so cool. And it's so much to like exactly what you're kind of speaking to. Hi, Abby here. And I wanted to check in with you all about your gut health. Are you ready to heal your gut, eliminate digestive symptoms, and experience better energy, clear skin, and improved focus? You might be surprised to discover the one thing holding you back is something that affects every system in the body. But if you're like every client I've worked with, you've not heard about it before. And unless you address this one key body process, no diet, supplement, or lifestyle change will have the lasting impact you want. That one system is your drainage system. And I'll teach you exactly what you need to do to get that system functioning again in my free training so you can finally heal your gut and eliminate those frustrating energy, skin, and brain fog symptoms once and for all. So if you're ready, sign up for the free drainage system training through the link in our show notes or go to abovehealthnutrition.com and it's right at the top of our homepage. So in thinking about, you know, uh, our listeners here and for someone that's like, okay, I'm on my gut or hormone healing journey and I'm resonating with this idea of, you know, my identity becoming my symptoms or feeling, you know, like I'm, I'm stuck in that sympathetic state and I'm interested in breath work. How do I get started? And for maybe for someone that does feel a little bit uncomfortable with, you know, meditation and their, their nervous system is really jacked up. Curious to hear what your thoughts would be on like, where to get started, any tips that you have based off your experiences? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I will first say, um, you know, this being very broad spectrum, it is like the general rule of thumb that it's just very safe for anyone to jump into. But I will say anyone who's had like very deep trauma, especially with their body, I would really welcome in working with a therapist as you start to go into the body, because if you start to go in and it's very like scary or or triggering for you, then there's probably more opportunity to do some deeper trauma release work. So I just want to name that first, because I think that's important. And I've, I've seen that in some clients. I always think the starting ground is breathing at meals. So I call it my rule of threes. It's three deep breaths at the beginning three deep breaths in the middle, three deep breaths towards the end. If you want to kind of up level the experience, I really like to have people two feet grounded on the floor, long, tall spine. Think about maybe putting the hands on the abdomen and just breathing into that space. Inhale, exhale out of the nose. So we can't always do that at every meal. Like, you know, we eat out. I get it. Not everyone wants to always be you know, stretching out the experience, but you can absolutely do three deep breaths, three times per meal silently when you're out to dinner with people and really putting your fork down and the meal hygiene that I know you guys talk to your listeners about so much of just like 
chewing really well, thinking about chewing, thinking about swallowing, thinking about when you're breathing, just like the inhale coming in through the nostril, out the nostril, because we live in a society that is incredibly overstimulated. I just think of TikTok where I'm just like, holy jarring moly, it's just intense. And there's an opportunity to get back to the like one thing at a time practices that just kind of like pulling it back in a primal sense of like the body really functions better when we're just like slowing things down a little bit and like focusing on one thing and the brain functions better that way. So I like for people to start there because I do think it for in the beginning, the woman or, or anyone who's doing all the things, they're like, oh my God, I can't do one more thing, Meg, come on. But you're going to eat a meal. So you do want to start with those breath set meals, which I'm sure like your seasoned listeners are probably like, I'm already doing that. They're probably already familiar with that. So in addition, if that's already something you're doing, I really like for people when they settle into bed at night, because again, you're always going to get into a bed. I would hope at night, putting the hands on the low belly and just thinking about a deep breath into the low belly. I like to think about a candlelight shining bright as I'm filling up the belly and then the belly decompresses. You're not pulling it. You're gently letting the belly fall back down. The candlelight dims and following that visual. So it's like candle shines bright, belly fills, candle dims, belly falls, and it's gentle. We're not forcing, but the purpose of that is really, um, it can be helpful for those of us who have trouble falling asleep and like shutting down the monkey mind at night. Uh, but it still feels like you're kind of doing something. You're not just like sitting in there being like, I'm counting sheep. What am I doing? I can't fall asleep. Kind of allows you to like focus on something. And especially if you like share a bed or you have a partner, this is still something that you can just like get into bed and just do it. Start with 10 breaths. I, I was like, I feel so relaxed. I, like, like my shoulders were like, just keep oh. talking and tell, like, tell me more about that candle. Yeah. It's like best podcast, best podcast ever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I literally looked at Jilly too and I was like, we're both doing it. <laughs> good, 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 good. I love it. That's the point. Well, I guess on that note, we yeah. talked about you maybe leading all of us. Now, we're already in our breath work, mm-hmm. but all of us and like a, short like three to five minute like breath work experience which I'm like so excited about yeah let's do it I would just absolutely love it let's all start so for listeners you can do this laying down but I actually welcome like sitting up to do this the first time so if you're seated just plant both of those feet on the floor and just think about stretching the spine long you can gently bring the eyes to a close as if I had a string pulling out of the top of the head. I want to just think about sitting a little bit taller. So maybe you barely move, but that spine is long. It's proud. And then we'll just start to come into the breath, mouth closed, taking deep breaths in through the nose. Deep breath out of the nose. Deep breath in through the nose, out through the nose. And keeping eyes closed, let's take the palms to the low ribs. So really spreading the fingers wide, kind of around the belly button, like you're pancaking the palms over the belly. 
and just notice here without judging. You're just noticing. Are you holding any tension there? Can you let that space just totally relax? And this style of breath work we'll come into is called diaphragmatic or 360 breath. And the energetic behind this breath is a focus of taking up space. I'm worthy to take up space. So feeling those warm hands planted against the body supporting you. On your next nasal inhale, I want you to fill up the space where the ribs are. Maybe it's light there, that's okay. And then you're exhaling, the ribs are gently coming back together, closing. Next inhale, let the body go wide. So ribs are filling with air. You may notice you're able to get a little bit deeper each round. And then exhale, ribs gently coming back together. The movement is slight, so we're thinking about this beach ball inside the belly, filling in all directions on the inhale. And then exhale, we're gently, we're not pulling, it's just coming back down where we began. Continuing like that, fill the beach ball with air on the inhale, nasal breathing. Nasal exhale out. Maybe each round you notice those intercostal muscles, the spaces between the ribs are able to spread a little bit more. Exhale, let it relax. Keep breathing like that, honoring, feeling this taking up of space and just noticing within yourself what has been making me feel small where have I been making myself feel small in my work in relationships in relationship to my body and what is it Feel like to just allow spaciousness growing wide through the abdominal area in your inhale. Taking up space, inhaling. Releasing, relaxing, exhaling. And feeling held by yourself with your hands, the warmth of the hands on the abdomen. Supporting you, holding you, reminding you that you're there. We'll take three more long, slow, diaphragmatic, Beach ball breaths together. Allow yourself to take up space. You're safe to take up space. 
Take your time. And on your next exhale, simply pause at the bottom of the exhale. Breath retention, pause at the bottom of the exhale, completely empty, just noticing, being with yourself in the stillness. I'm safe to sit here. I'm worthy of this time I've created for myself. Honoring that new air in when you need it. Taking that inhale. And just taking eyes still to a close, taking the palms to heart center. Can you gently rub the palms together like you're building a little fire? You're just starting to slightly wake up, maybe deepening the breath here. Feeling the warmth of the palms against one another, maybe moving a little bit faster. Taking a deep breath in. Exhale, both palms stacked over the heart. See if you can touch the skin against the body, both palms stacking upon one another. Just noticing your heartbeat. Taking a moment of gratitude that Every moment up until now led you here, back to yourself, back to this practice of connection. Thanking yourself. Thanking your body. Taking your time. Moving slowly. You can start to wiggle fingers, maybe wiggle toes. You can flutter the eyes open, coming back to where we began. Amazing. Yay. How did that feel for you? Everything I needed on this Friday afternoon. Good. Good. I'm so glad. And I think, you know, to share with your listeners, that style of breath can feel like if the monkey mind came in and was like, am I doing this right? This is kind of hard. I don't know if I'm doing this just noticing that because um, it's all a practice and you're alchemizing something, you're alchemizing a new practice in your body that uh, for many of us, we're not used to breathing into the rib cage, for example. We're usually breathing into the chest, more of that sympathetic mode. So it's worthy of just a practice and honoring that like you're meeting yourself where you are today and you'll continue to work at it. And I think too, when like, when we think about the digestive system too, of like, I was even like, first of all, touching our belly so much, especially women, we, we don't do that. But even like, I mean, I'm in like a spandex outfit today unintentionally, but it's like, we just pull everything in. I think Aaron Holt yeah. talks about this a lot of like, it's like, you know, zip it up and pull it in. And, and it's like, we have organs there. We need like blood flow and we need circulation. Mm. And like, when do we let like our belly just like have space? And like, so I like thinking that and I was like letting it like balloon out. I'm like, oh God, I unintentionally was like sucking everything in like all day because I'm like just chose an outfit today. Like totally. And I was like, wow, this feels so good. And like even just holding space of like and feeling like what my belly feels like when I let it like go and being like, I love you there too. I'm going to love you in all the places or at least find neutrality with it. Or at least neutrality. Yes, absolutely. Like at least a notice and observer practice rather than I hate this part of me. Like 
angry energy of like your cells are listening to that energy that we speak to ourselves. So yeah, I, I agree so much. And I think so many women can relate to that. You are just very much not alone there. I feel very strongly now knowing what I know that my long history of constipation wasn't just, it wasn't just solved by like physical means of approaching like textbook definition of constipation. I deeply believe that so many women, especially uh, deal with constipation because we're taught to hold a lot in. We're taught to suppress emotions. It's not safe to be dramatic. And I'm putting like my fingers up as I say that in terms of like, we feel like it's not safe to be expressive. We feel like it's better to numb something and manage it with like alcohol or over-exercising. And um, I resonate with that in my journey. And that's where the magic of these practices comes in, where I'm surprised in my practice around like someone's constipation resolving sooner than I would expect. Um, so that's, I, I love that you brought that up because yeah. And to kind of wrap, wrap things up today, um, we would love for you to tell our listeners, where can they find you? Um, you know, is there anything, uh, you offer that, you know, people could access to dive a little bit deeper into breath work? Yeah. Thank you guys so much. So, um, they can follow me. I'm really more of an Instagrammer than a TikToker. It's just kind of a lot for my nervous system, but, um, I am on TikTok and on Instagram as at grounded nourish. And I do, um, share a lot of just like real time things as someone who deals with an autoimmune and, and works with that and, and works with it compassionately. Um, and I also have a stress management, or I should say like breathwork for gut health starter kit that's available on my website. That is, if you're kind of feeling like you want to get into a little bit more of this uh, breathwork and you want some guidance in it. And if you felt good doing it today, it's very similar. Like um, it's me, my video, my voice guiding all of it. So if you felt connected to that, um, it's seven videos that are kind of my intro pack to different styles, vibrational breath work, um, a calming belly massage with breath work, um, some longer breath works that are a little bit more meditation and breath retention infused. So that's a great way to start where you can kind of layer in and try like, you know, twice a week doing breath work or once a day and just seeing how it feels as an experiment. I also have in early May, my stress gut solution um, group program for women. And that is the melding of like the nervous system work with some of the deeper um, gut health work. So kind of just like the way that I approach that with one-on-one clients, more so in a group like educational setting. But for the person, especially the woman who has had chronic stuff going on for a long time where they really feel like nervous system has been overlooked and they want some individualization there. I do work with women one-on-one as well. Oh my gosh. You need to plug the cookbook. cookbook. And I have a cookbook. It's amazing. (laughs) Thank you for reminding me. Which I own and I love. (laughs) She has a lot to offer. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. If you're new to tiger nut flour, I'm a tiger nut enthusiast. I can't recommend the tiger nut banana muffins enough. They're a really fun way to like have the yummy sweet muffin without any added sugar in a way that works for your gut health, your overall health. So, um, oh my gosh, yes. amazing! Thank well, you thank you so much for for spending your Friday afternoon with us and you know sharing all of um, your amazing knowledge and your experiences and your resources with our listeners. Thank you, guys. I love it, and I thank you for what you're doing. It's such a profound resource. I love it. Well, we always to close with kind of a final message of 
what would you, you know, love to leave our listeners with as like a takeaway from our talk today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that if you haven't tried bringing breathwork and welcome breath or bre- welcoming breathwork into your life, there's an opportunity there to connect with yourself and find your healer within in a different way than typical medicine is able to find. And I'm a big fan of medicine as a registered dietitian, but I'm also a big fan, as I know you guys are too, of this bigger approach to ultimately guiding you back to yourself of like you ultimately um, at a certain point don't need anyone else. You need yourself and connection to self. It's a, p- a powerful message and we cannot thank you enough. You're so welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Your Body Has Your Back podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and make sure to share the podcast with a friend or family member that you think might benefit from listening. Make sure to follow the Your Body Has Your Back Instagram and to share your favorite episodes. And definitely tag us as you start to live out the Your Body Has Your Back lifestyle. We can't wait to see it. If you're looking for more support on your gut and hormone healing journey, connect with Abby and I over on Instagram. You can follow Abby at Above Health and you can follow me, Jillian, at Jillian Greaves RD. Thank you and see you in the next episode.